Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. Today, we're taking a return to all things patents and trademarks with Charlie and Lawrence. How do you get a patent? How long does your trademark last? What can you patent in the first place? We'll talk all that and more, so stay tuned. Hello, welcome to Stacks and Stories. My name is Charlie. I'm usually behind the computer doing the editing and recording, and this time I'll get to host. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about patents and trademarks with our guest, Lawrence. Lawrence, can you introduce yourself? Uh, My name is Lawrence Smith. I'm with the Mississippi Library Commission. I am the patents and trademark contact person for the Library Commission. Okay. My contact number is 601-432-4111, and also that email address is www.mlc.lib.ms.us. Very good. Um, So since patents and trademarks can go into more of a legal field, I feel like we need to have that general disclaimer that most librarians give that we don't offer, le- you don't offer legal advice. No, no legal advice. It's just more of assistance with? With uh, just the searching techniques. Just searching techniques. And also, if uh, if an inventor come in and they want me to sign a disclosure agreement, I will do that. But okay. most of the time, they don't ask. Yeah, okay. So uh, your department for patents and trademarks, it has a special name, the Patents and Trademarks Resource Center? Yes, PTRC. PTRC, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean and what does it offer? Uh, The PTRC is here to offer uh, free sources to independent, well, inventors, the actual patent offices in D.C. So they came up with, like, satellites back in, I think it was the early 90s, where we're stationed all over the states. Okay. And we're here to provide... uh, help with search techniques and also provide information on fees forms and therefore okay um so are there multiple ones throughout each state yes yes okay yes they are so ours isn't are there other ones in other than in jackson no we're the only ptrc for the state of mississippi okay yeah okay. but they are they're actually out you know in other states where i think tennessee has like two ptrc's in that state okay so that kind of goes more about the size of the state yeah, the size of okay state. um and so what is the difference between a patent and a trademark a patent is a grant issued to an inventor from the united states patent and trademark office and there are three different types of patents. You have a utility patent, which consists of how an idea actually works. Okay. You have a design patent that just how the idea actually looks. And you have plant patents that uh, you can crossbreed different plants. Okay. And I've, had, I've done some research for a plant patent back in the early 2000s, but since then, it's been like not much. Okay, so we're getting at the precipice of the the plant innovations. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you've been there since the early two. I've been here. I actually started at the Library Commission in '96, but I've actually been over in the patent area since '98. Okay. Okay. So you've got experiences with. Yes. I, yes. I, yes. <laughs> 
All right. And so, okay, the three patents, there's the utility, design, design, and the plant. plant. All right. And then, so what, how is that different from what a, what is a trademark? A trademark, uh, it covers symbols, names, slogans. Okay. And also, and most people get trademark and copyright confused. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of sort of similar, whereas co- copyright covers authorships of you know of a compilation, okay, like books, magazines, lyrics, sounds, symbols, yeah, uh, pictures, videos. So they kind of like get it confused. So you have to really listen to a person when they come in for their research. Okay, yeah. So I say so. Copyright is more of like a complete work, complete and then work. trademark is more branding. So yeah, it's more branding. Like how you know, identify the company and what it sells. Exactly. Okay, and I did a little. It's kind of on topic. Um, we talked about this before. That uh, story about the it, interesting about copyright because now you don't have to be a human to have copyright because of the. Um, wildlife photographer that was at an animal refuge. Have you heard that story? No. He was at an animal refuge and he was taking pictures, but then he set it down to play with the animals. And it was a small monkey. I don't know what kind of monkey it was. Mm -hmm. Came over, grabbed the camera and started playing with it and took pictures and ended up with a selfie. And the guy thought it was great sold it and it became contentious on who owns the copyright because the monkey took Took the picture it was the man's equipment but the monkey's work of taking the picture so um it went to court and he gave the authorship the copyright the monkey got it and so all the proceeds that come from that picture all the royalties go to the refuge that that monkey stays at so yeah, there's some wild stuff when it comes yes. to all those kind of stuff. So, um, so what kind of so since you're helping a lot of people do uh, searches and this is getting into you know there's fees and stuff associated with it. What kind of training do you have to go through to be a patents librarian? Well, uh, the patent office um, they have they give seminars every year, and also you have webinars throughout the year on the different training techniques. If anything changes for as uh, fees, forms, and stuff like that, you do have training uh, oh. every year. All right. And it, and it sounds like it's probably one of those things of where you just get better the more experience yes, you have. Yes, yes, yes. So. Okay. Especially with the, the patent search techniques, because you can go in and do a, a term search or word search and be searching for, for months and never find anything, whereas... The patent office, they have you do it. They critique it to uh, class and subclass. So it really break your 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 search down yeah. to what you're actually doing, what your ideal actually is. Yeah, well, and what it is and how you're willing to actually <clears throat> yes. use it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so basically all of this is really intellectual property. Yes. Um, that's what patents, trademarks, copyright is all intellectual, intellectual property. property. Yes. Um, I remember seeing when I was younger those commercials, like infomercials on TV about uh, services to help you with your intellectual property. I remember mm-hmm. one, it was an animated one with a caveman and a will mm-hmm. saying, you know, pay us and we'll help you go through this process. How is that service and your service different? Well, their service is giving you your money. 
Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you a uh, folder of information, a preliminary search. Okay. For may you may end up paying five six thousand dollars, which I've had customers come in and pay that money, and later on find out that they hadn't done anything. The only thing they've done is did a preliminary search, went on the patent office website, print off information, and submitted it to them. They never filed their applications. Mm-hmm. And whereas our services are free. Okay. From beginning to end. So they're, they're, those services, the, like the companies, are charging. Charging, And yes. you do that service <clears throat> for free. actually do the work. Because I've actually had um, runners to come in for attorneys mm-hmm. and do the search here. Really? Whereas, yes. Whereas a customer could have come in, done that search for them and said, and, and actually, when you go through an attorney, they normally charge anywhere between $500 to 1000 to just start your search. So that's a thousand dollars that you could have put towards your actual application. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so how do people worry about like if I was trying to get something patent or copyrighted, I would worry that someone would try to steal my idea. How do you protect their idea well, or their confidentiality? Well, like I said, you can't. I can, only thing I can do if they ask for a disclosure document, I will sign it. But the only thing what the patent office came up with back in. 2001 was a provisional application. It's not uh, a non-provisional, which is the actual patent application that'll cover you for a year. And it'll let you go out and uh, promote your ideal or show your ideal for a year without anyone being able to uh, steal it. But then 2012, they came up with first to submit rather than first to invent. Okay. So if... (laughs) Someone go out there and disclose the information mm-hmm. enough where a company can go and reproduce it, and this company submit that application, then they're the owner of the application. Gotcha. Have you ever had a situation where two like people came in separately but were trying to patent or trademark the same concept or the same idea? Yes. Uh, in the early, now mid 2000s, I had someone to come in from, uh, it was somewhere up in North Mississippi. Mm-hmm. They were they, on the detail shop, whereas when they would get to get through, they would spray their tires, the armors on their tires, and it would get on the rim. So we did the, re, we did the search and, you know, and it, <laughs> we didn't find anything. So maybe two, three months later, I had another guy come in from, off the coast, same exact ideal. And I was like, I know I did this search. <laughs> this is not the same. So I went back, because we know we keep all of our requests. Yeah. I went back and looked, and I uh, well, no, it's not the same person. Yeah. Different names. Mm-hmm. And he, I was like, and I didn't tell him because it was just like giving out information. Yeah. I said, well, <clears throat> do, you, do you know anyone or do, do you work with, do you have another business on that end of Mississippi? No. Yeah. I say, well, this search seems familiar. I just performed this search. So what I yeah. did, I just went on did the search form, and he submitted the application. Mm-hmm. He got the patent. He was the second one to come in. Oh, the, the first, other guy came in. The first in. guy came in and did his research. Yeah. But never the submitted. second guy came in, did the research, and actually filed the application. Oh, interesting. Yes. That's some sneaky, 
sneaky. But like, but they didn't know. Yeah. I mean. You aren't in a place to tell them. No, I can't tell you. I can't. Yeah. So that's why I say, you know, if you have an idea and it's a good idea and you think you can, you know, if you're able to make money off of it, mm-hmm. go ahead and submit it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so is there a is the process different between submitting applications for patents or trademarks? Yes. Uh, trademark is a lot simpler than patent because you just do that one application, submit it. Six months later, you'll know if you're uh, granted that registration. Mm-hmm. Patent takes steps because it goes through three or four different examiners at the at the United States Patent Office. Yeah. So it's a longer process. It takes at least 24 months before you know if you actually receive that grant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and both of them are first to submit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, are there fees for the different applications? Yes, there are. There, yes, that's, that's a good question. There are fees for different applications. So say, for instance, you have a uh, utility patent, but you don't know that the fees that you're looking at for a design patent, and you submit those design patent fees with a utility patent, mm-hmm. they're not going to accept it. Yeah. So it's also whether you submit it correctly. Correctly. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you're granted a trademark or granted a patent, is it in perpetuity? Is it forever that you have that? No, because there are fees, maintenance fees that come with uh, with the um, trademark. Mm-hmm. There, are, I think it's up to like ten and a half years with, tra- with trademarks. Okay. If you don't uh, file those maintenance fees, then your trademark becomes abandoned. Also, with patents, if you don't file it for trademark, it becomes abandoned, but you can renew it. Okay. With patents, if you don't pay those maintenance fees. There are no renewal process, oh, okay. so you have to be sure that you pay your maintenance fees. Yeah, and once your patent becomes abandoned, anyone out there can start making it and selling it. Only difference is they can't get a patent on it, but yeah. they can make and sell. So a patent, there's not like an expiration date on it, even if you're trying yeah, to a renew. Patent it? lasts a, a design patent lasts fourteen years. Okay. A utility patent lasts twenty years. Any time after those when those years expire, anyone out there can make and sell. Okay, you can't renew. You them just after can't. That. No, you can't renew. You can't okay. renew a patent. Because up till then, it's pretty much. It's not. It's like an open trade secret. This is what yeah. we're doing, but you cannot do that cannot. until yeah, this exactly. patent expires. Okay. Yeah. And with trade secret, you know, it just there's no application for trade secrets. It's just you having to keep your stuff confined. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how many people do you see in your office uh, in a month on average? Uh, since the pandemic, um, office visits has kind of shrunk. Maybe, maybe six or seven a month, but I get a lot of phone calls for trademarks. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking the reason for trademarks is a lot of people have turned their hobbies into businesses. Yes. So that's the difference trademark and patents. Trying to get that side yes. hustle. Yeah, and then like I say, trademark filing is a lot cheaper than patents. Yeah. So I can go and pay X amount of dollars for trademark, have my logo, I mean my symbol, my name or my slogan registered 
put it on t-shirts, whatever, and get out there and start selling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so have you seen a big, oh, you mentioned the pandemic. Has that in, influenced, I mean, it looks like the foot traffic has gone down, yes. but has the overall people that you're, that are coming in, like even calling or emailing, is it still staying steady? It has increased with trademark. Okay. Trademark has not yes. Has okay. Increased. And it, I get anywhere between um, probably six to 70 calls a month for, for that's trademark only. Yeah. Not including pads. Yeah. Because the deal with pads is actually you actually have to come in, in the building. Okay. You can do a search on your own, but if you don't understand the tools, yeah. then you're wasting time. There's there's a nuance to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So trademarks you can do over the phone or through yeah. email. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Trademark you can pretty much just go in, put that name in, or if you understand the design code, mm-hmm. put those you know whatever code you have for whatever design you're using, hit submit and it'll pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So looking into this, when I was doing a little research for patents and trademarks since we were going to do this podcast i found a couple of interesting uh stories one is the and i'm assuming i'm getting this right uh in 1960 the 1966 batmobile got a patent i'm assuming it would be a design patent not a utility patent now uh probably with the batmobile hey i'm a batman (laughs) is utility Utility. Yes, because with utility, because it was a lot of working mechanisms on that car. Mm-hmm. And with utility, utility will cover the look of it and the working mechanism of it. Okay. So it's more than likely it's utility. Utility. Okay. That makes sense. And that was a guy named uh, George Barris. And I did read that he, uh, they had a, it doesn't say Batmobile on the application mm-hmm, or the mm-hmm. approved Yeah, they document. have all those strange names. You yeah, know. they <laughs> named it the Automotive Vehicle or Similar Articles mm-hmm. so that it kind of covered toys and things mm-hmm. like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did read one thing about that saying that he had about three weeks to do the overall design. Okay. It was like a 1950s souped-up Lincoln. And that's another thing with, with pads and, and word and term search. Mm-hmm. You may be working on seats. Yeah. You know, you go in our car, you go in there, you put a car in, and it's going to pull up probably a million patents. Yeah. Where you go in and say, okay, this is the class that I'm looking in, this is the subclass I'm looking in, and you narrow it down. Yeah. yeah. So if you were doing That's, seats, you would have to know whether it was what? like a car seat, an uh, office chair, or exactly. like a, a sports chair, like one of those little sports things you can take out. Exactly. Okay. And then there some patents people just get the patents they don't necessarily use i'm assuming i would hope mm-hmm. because i found i'm just asking because i found this thing that was patented in 1965 the 1960s were a wild time it sounds like uh the name of the device is the apparatus for facilitating the birth of a child by centrifugal force so you know how you can put water in a bucket and spin it around as fast as you can and the water won't come out exactly it's like that, but the opposite, so it helps the baby. Uh, it aids in the birthing process. Um, How many lawsuits would that cost? I don't know. I hope it wasn't used because, <laughs> like, when I was reading the description, it even had, like, a fence for the people that operate it to stand behind to push the levers and whatnot. And then when I was first reading about it, I was like, this has to be something that a man came up with because they didn't ask for any, like, 
any input from a female. Um, the inventor's names were George and Char Charlotte Blonsky. So apparently she thought it was a good idea or they just put their name on it. So um, you don't have to use a patent for it or the device that you are patenting to get the patent, right? What are you? Let me read. You don't have that. to. You don't have to file a patent on your ideal if you choose not to. No. Yeah. You can just go out there and make it and sell and just hope no one else say, okay, I'm going to sell it. Because once, once it hit the market and um, the examiner starts searching, because they search, they search their database, they search magazines as, you know, maybe your, some, your idea would be in that area, they search different stores. So if they go out there and see it, then you won't be granted that application. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and, and that, okay, so that also gets into people may do it to just say that they're an inventor or they may be doing it just to possibly sell, sell that yeah. patent to License someone else. License it out too, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, do you know any, or have you helped anybody that has like sold or licensed their patent to someone else? Well, actually, uh, I had a guy, um, he come in, he did the hair dryer, whereas you keep the heat doing the drying procedure it keeps the heat off your face. Okay. And uh, he received his patent, but he's still out there promoting it. He received his patent back in 2013. 13. But he's been attending all the hair shows in in Atlanta. Okay. But it still hadn't sold. So, so is that's, he the, that's the that's the that's the hard part. People think receiving uh, the patent or doing the patent search or submitting your application, that's the easy part. The yeah. promoting part of it, that's the heart. So is he selling like the actual device or is he trying to get another company to buy? He was that? trying to get companies to buy. And he actually, he's selling, he, he make and sell as many as he can. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. And it's probably harder because you're not, a, not technically a name brand yeah, or exactly. manufacturer. Yeah. So. Um, you mentioned one time when we were talking that there was, uh, was it Johnson & Johnson? Yeah, with the Q-tip, the guys that worked on the sanitation truck. Yeah. They uh, actually um, bought their patent and put it on the shelf because they were working on something similar. Mm -hmm. So they bought their patent. And what what it. was their it was like a, It was like a reusable Q-tip, whereas once you use the Q-tip, it was a, an attachment on it where you flip it and knock the used off, and you had another one underneath. Okay. That would make sense. Like yeah. it'd be more eco friendly or yeah. eco eco friendly. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if I want to get that wax on my hand. Yeah. Just, each end just toss it, but yeah. you know they. I guess they didn't. They didn't have enough Q tips on the truck, so you know rather than using the same Q tip over and over, they just yeah. came up with that part of it. That makes sense. And I also had a young person come in my second year in that department. Mm -hmm. He was 12 years old. But his dad brought him every day. His dad was a doctor. Yeah. His dad brought him every day. In fact, when I first started doing this, the patent off, it wasn't friendly, hands-on friendly, because you had uh, the official gazette, which was the books. You had uh, um, the microfilm. You had to go and pull if you want to see the full patents. 
and with the official gazette, you go in, you only see an abstract. So yeah. they would come in, do a research, write down hundreds of patent numbers, come back the next day, pull the books, look through the books and make sure their idea wasn't similar or it wasn't it. <clears throat> and then if they saw something that was similar, come back the next day, pull the microfilm so they can look at the full patents. Oh, wow. He, yes. He did a lot of work. It, they came, like I said, they came every day for like maybe, maybe two or three months. Wow, did they he, end up? He actually got his patent. Do you remember what it was for? It was for a heated dog dish. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So there's not an age restriction on how no, young you can be. No, there is no age restriction. His dad didn't put it. His dad's name is nowhere on it. It's his name. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would see this. I would buy that to support the yeah, young, just support young man yeah. out there getting his hustle on with the yeah. heated dog dish. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there, that's. Do you have any other like stories kind of uh, like that? You probably do. It's just probably hard to remember because there's. Yeah, the only trademark thing I have with uh, Monroe, he's on 49, mm -hmm. 49. Uh, he came in and actually did all his uh, trademark um, process here. Yeah. Yeah. And he would bring us, it was myself, Indira, and Latavius, he would bring us a cake every year. You know, we're still here. Yeah, he's, so, a, he, he's big time. Now, he got he got shops all over now, so he don't have time for us. Well, you know, I was just, <laughs> we do love cake around here. So there was one other question I was going to ask about trademark. So trademark, because patents is like more inventions. Trademark mm -hmm. is business-wise. Yes. Um, if you start a small, because there's a lot of like, cottage food industry stuff going on right now where people are making small batches of stuff and selling it. Mm -hmm. So you can come up with your little cutesy name and start selling products. Mm -hmm. Don't necessarily have to have a trademark. The trademark is what protects that company. Like if name. That, that company name, name. The name yes. itself. So yes. like no one else would be able to use, use it. That name, yes. um, does it matter if you have already created a presence in your region? Without a trademark? No, actually, it'll be a lot cheaper because they have like uh, three different fees for a trademark. Mm -hmm. If you're already, if you intend to use, you can file and they'll just hold it there. Yeah. For for a certain, I don't know what time because they, they change it. And then if you're in use, there's a fee for that. And uh, it's a third one, I forgot the name of it, but yeah. You, it, it's, it's much cheaper if you're already in use. Okay. But if, even if, you, if, if you've been, let's say you have a small local shop that's been there for five years, and then uh, another company comes along that's using the same name and they file for the trademark, they would get it because they actually submitted it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then also the state has a uh, trademark, but the national trademark overrides state. So state would probably be... State would probably be cheaper. State would be cheap, much cheaper. Okay. Yeah. But then the federal, the national, would cover everything. Everything, yeah. But that also only covers in, in America. In America, yes. Because each country has its own. own. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so what advice would you give people that need, are wanting to seek out a patent or a trademark? Um, give us a call. Okay. Come by the Mississippi Library Commission. That number again is 601-432-4111. Uh, 
that web address is www.mlc.lib.ms.us, and we'll get you started. Get you started. All right. Well, thank you. That was a lot of interesting information, and uh, we appreciate you stopping by and talking to with us. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.